Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Welcome to episode number 574. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how to break your old patterns. What I love about her perspective and what she is sharing is how you can use nature to help you get unstuck in life and landscape the desires you actually want. Welcome to today's podcast interview. I brought on Allison Smith. Allison, welcome. Oh, lovely to be with you. Thank you for having me. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in Scotland. I live across the Firth of Forth from Edinburgh and I help people get unstuck. Well, and that's a huge topic that I love talking <laughs> about and uh, we're going to dive into that. Before we get into the topic of getting unstuck and how powerful language is, I'd love for you to share a little background on what life used to be like that changed the trajectory to how you got into teaching this work? Um, I think my trajectory changer was divorce. So up till then, I don't know that I thought about anything um, at all. So I didn't know why I was in a relationship really. You know, in reset, re- retrospect, you think, what? I didn't think about what love was about. Is this the relationship for me? It's just, you know, just, I don't know, in some automaton following what I thought I should do. And so when, so it came as a bit of a surprise when I, my husband left the relationship. And and then I dived into neuro-linguistic programming. And from then I got doing um, some Peruvian shaman, shamanic stuff, some Native American stuff. And um, yeah, just sort of absorbed a whole load of tools and was really lucky that the work that where I worked allowed me to use them all. And therefore I was suddenly became the coach for the team. We merged with another organization. So I was able to apply it to the comms and the merger of the team. Um, And then I realized there was sort of a law of diminishing returns really that there was only so much that I could do with the same team and therefore decided to go off and um yeah do my own thing really pardon the interruption if this content is resonating with you please be sure to leave a five-star review I want to offer you some additional resources visit my website heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part, everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. Okay, for those that are new to it or haven't heard of, what is NLP? Um, neuro-linguistic program is about how our brains work really so it's the I've always loved always loved patterns and I did a statistical analysis at university um, thesis so I like patterns and neuro-linguistic programming really says 
there's patterns of why we do what we do when we're stuck and when we're not stuck. And therefore, if we can learn what works for us, then we can apply it in more situations and we can sort of unravel and reprogram ourselves in order to um, get different outcomes. Okay, I have a question. When you're using the word patterns, can we also interchange that with habits? Yes. Okay, so for example, I talk a lot about something I share is what I call the thought cycle, that our thoughts create emotions, leads to actions, and create results. And I, for people, from my perspective, who talk about being stuck, and it's because they're in the same thinking, feeling loop. So yesterday is creating today and tomorrow. So in, in that idea, how do we help people get out of that same loop, the pattern, the habit, so they can transform or create new outcomes? For me, I think it depends on the reason for that circling. Um, so I have got a really easy technique that if you if you recognize that you're going around in circles, draw the circle. You know, think think of a situation you're going around in circle. You know, people listening can do this. Think of a situation you're going around in circle. Go, go and put it on hold. Go and get a pen, get a piece of paper, and then obviously come back off and hold and listen. Um, and then think of the situation you're going around in circles with, and then draw the circle. And so, and and everybody goes, well, I can't do that. And it's like, yeah, you can. And and you'll notice that you're going in a particular speed and a different, a particular direction, and it might be a particular size of circling. And all I do is invite you to change how you're drawing the circle. So it could be going quicker, could be making it bigger, could be going in the opposite direction. And what happens is that your brain it, it sort of goes into a bit of a oh. You know, like when, when you press reset on the computer, because it's so used to, it's very familiar with that circling. And therefore, as soon as we put it in front of us, go, this circle in front of me is is um, is a copy of the, of the circling I'm doing in life, we get inside. And, there, and therefore, we, we change it, we make it bigger, it could be going around in squares. At some point when you're drawing, the brain resets itself and then you're able to see the situation differently so i think for me it's about finding that one thing that enables you to to be more conscious about what you're doing because invariably habits the, the reason the only reason i paused about patterns and habits is habits can sometimes i.e the patterns are very unconscious and therefore, we need to become consciously aware of them yeah. in order to be able to make changes. Okay, so can we talk about a real life example? Uh, and, and I'll just share what I see come across a lot. I have a free resource on my website called a life assessment. And I ask people to rank the major life buckets, health, finances, relationships, hobbies, work, career, between a one and a 10 so that they can see their pain points, right? And the ones I see come across the most, um, I'm going to say there's two that come across hands down the most often, the most pain point feeling stuck are romantic relationships and money. So can we go with either one of those? If somebody is stuck in the same financial pattern 
and nothing changes or, well, you know, I know how it is with romantic relationships. You keep attracting the same kind of person, but maybe if money is more tangible and more even uh, people could relate to, can we talk about this from a financial angle? Yes. The, I mean, there's lots of different ways you could do it. So if somebody was here, the chances are after five or 10 minutes, they would have said, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. So they might have said something linguistically that okay. we can then work with. Because I'm always tracking for somebody, for a metaphor people might be using, because that's the quickest way I know how to get to somebody's inner wisdom. So, you know, money doesn't grow on trees might explain why they're going in a circle because they've got a belief about money not growing on trees. The interesting thing is a lot of money is made of paper and therefore is, you know, you could argue is, but it would be about exploring that possibly. If it's a, cycle, a pattern of cycle, you know, circling round in terms of I have money, I don't have money. Um, again, it might be, I suppose the most common way I use nature would be, OK, let's go for a walk and let's notice what we notice out in nature that reflects your belief about money or the pattern about money. So we might go for a walk and somebody keeps going down dead, dead ends. Because what, happen, what happens when you take a problem out into nature in a walk is it's those patterns make themselves known in nature. So we might keep going, or, or it might be. So I had somebody the other week who, um, not, not to do with money, but, it, but it's a good example of where every crossroads we came to, because we were in the botanical gardens, every crossroads, the pattern he, he chose was, when I said, which direction do you want to go? He said, oh, I want to go on the one that's not signposted. So if, if if there was four four choices we could go, if there was one that didn't have a sign saying, you know, you get to A by going down here, he wanted to go down that one. So I think it's about noticing the patterns that come up when we go for a walk. So it could be the fact that we go, I don't know where to go. And so we start walking down a path and then we turn around and go, no, no, I don't like this path. We'll go to another path. And it, what it then does is go, okay, so is that is that how you're doing it with money? It's like you keep changing your mind about how you're going to bring abundance into your life. Or is it about, or is it about fear of what the end goal is? Because what I might then do is invite somebody to go, right, so this path, Every path so far, you've turned around because you've doubted that you've made the right decision. So this time we are going to war. And there's a, um, a recording in my um, podcast where I do this because I've written a poem. And the poem is about um, walking to the next crossroads and only making a decision when you get there. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how difficult I found it walking along a path that I didn't know what it was knowing that I because I because I'm telling myself no you just have to walk on here and then you'll only make a decision when you get to the next crossroad and it's that how many times in the space of what six minutes I bet 
I wanted to turn around because I was not prepared to not know where I was going. So in that example right there, is that about building trust and confidence or having faith the next step will always unfold? Yeah, it, the I think I think everybody would be different. But yes, in that instance, it was um, my logical brain always wanting to be in control and wanting to know the answer. And therefore it was, but no, I, I, you know, I don't have to make a decision. I'm on a path. Let's just do one step at a time. Yeah. And when we get to the crossroads, so it's, and that's, that is a, one of my patterns. One of my patterns is always wanting to know ahead of the game, what the outcome is going to be. Mm. And therefore, and, and so, so therefore, if you're out in nature, that's what I'm doing. It's like, where's the map? Where am I headed? And so that's why I like using nature because at the patterns that get in our way, whether it's romantically, financially, work, health or whatever, we will run them when we're out in nature. And because it's not about health, it's just a walk in nature, because it's not dealing directly with that husband that we're falling out with, it's just a walk in nature, we can experiment. Mm. Let me let me see what it's like to go down this, what I think is a dead end, because I can't tell you how many times people think it's a dead end and then the, then the, we see something right at the end that means it's not a dead end. But the person had to persevere, had to override the belief that it's a dead end. But very rarely, if you think you're at a dead end, are you really at a dead end? Okay. So I want to ask you, because I'm the way my brain works is I, mm. I love to hear this stuff and I live mm. in curiosity, but I also want steps or like a formula or a process. So no. here's what I heard from you. And I want to see if I yeah. picked it up. Yeah. yeah. For me, it really came down to two things. When you walked through that and, and helping people, whatever life problem you're having, if you go out in nature, so number one, you're removing yourself from that box. You go out in nature. So the first step I heard was simply becoming aware of those beliefs and your language around the problem. The second thing I heard of is it's creating that new belief or that new pattern, a new way of thinking or speaking about it. Is that how you would say? Yes, I would say that that comes after the walk. Okay. So, so the answer what you've just said sounds like we haven't yet sent logic on a coffee break. Okay. So we put that in the middle because yeah, I actually started yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, okay. it's identify the problem yeah. and then send it on a coffee break okay. because the story we're telling ourselves and the beliefs and the mindset we've got about it and why we are stuck because we get really upset when we think about that person or what's happening currently. So there's a lot of emotion attached to it and there's a heck of a lot of history associated with it. So I, so actually I do not want to know about the detail of your problem or do you, it's like, you already know it. So let's send it on a break. We'll put it in a little bubble and we'll send it on a coffee break, but we're coming back to it later. So yes, that's first. Then we just go, I'm going to go for a walk and notice what I notice. And I'm going to notice patterns either in where I avoid going, where I want to go, 
What do I feel comfortable about doing? What keeps repeating? So it could be a, yeah, oh, I keep I keep coming across things that are, um, you're like trees have fallen down in my path. And it's that whole, but could you get around them? Oh, yeah. So what happens is, is that once we've given our un, inner wisdom chance to talk and, and show us the patterns, when logic comes back in again at the end, logic goes, yeah, you know what? Normally, we're really quick to see a barrier and it's a twig. We build it up into a, you know what I mean? We build it into this big, huge tree we can't possibly get over. And yet, really, they're little twigs. And of course, we can step over them. Yeah. And that sh shift. So it's as if we've had an internal shift that we're then able to logically say, oh, this is what I was doing. This is what I'm going to do. But it's happened at an unconscious level because that's that's the, the realm with which we've been trying to do it. We're not trying to do it logically because if because actually we'd have done it by now if logic was going to give us the answers. Okay, so I am curious if you talk much about this. So what this is making me think is when people are in that analysis paralysis, yeah. overanalyzing, stressed out because they're spending so much time up here and I'm pointing to yeah. my head. So we're so, quote, stuck. Yeah. Because we're in our head. Now, I've heard, I've seen a meme where it's saying that the longest journey any individual will take <laughs> is the 14 inches from their head to their heart. Yeah. And we're so disconnected from our heart, our inner knowing, our guidance, because we're living in this high stress, uh, well, it's beta brainwave. So I'm curious, when, when you help people calm that stress, right? That's the whole point of the coffee break, to turn the monkey mind off. Yeah. Why is it important to turn the monkey mind off? Because it'll keep getting in the way. But the interesting thing, the only reason I got into it using metaphor is because I am the world's worst person. I will run rings round. If somebody says to me, oh, Alison, you should do this. Or what about that? My logical brain comes in and defends its current reality. So my, so my brain will just go, no, I'm right. I've been doing it like this. And so I will defend my current reality. And so I think, so my experience of it, and therefore I share it with others, is that my logical brain isn't helpful because it it's fearful. It wants to protect yeah. how far it's got thus far. And therefore, that's why I say that you have to send logic on a coffee break, not a holiday. Because logic, if you say to logic, I want you to send you on a holiday, it goes, I'm not letting you in charge for, for a holiday. A holiday is a long time. No, I'm staying. So logic, and, and this is how, you know, neuroscience says we have to tell our brain, brain, you know, go, go on a coffee break. We'll be back in 45 minutes. You'll have loads to think about. So we're not ignoring you. We're not discounting your value, but we are saying that you've got us stuck currently. And can we now access a more creative part of us that is accessed not via our brain? Yeah. You know what else it's making me think of just to be, to simplify, it's getting us out of that autopilot, that yeah, yeah. unconscious way of being. And by pausing, putting the logical mind, so this can be done breath work, meditation, et cetera. By pausing, it gives us that opportunity to stop the momentum and get back in the driver's seat of our life, consciously creating our reality. 
Absolutely. Okay. And the biggest problem is that very rarely are we able to send it on press the pause button because we keep trying to tell the story. It's like, oh yeah, I've got it now. After a minute's walking, oh, I've got it now. And we when we invite the logic and the story back in. So most of, if I'm walking with a client, a large majority of my time is going, no, stick with the metaphor, stick with the metaphor. We're going to stick with the metaphor for five to 45 minutes, for half an hour or whatever. You know, we've got plenty of time to, to allow logic in later, but let's just allow that part of us that normally doesn't get heard a bit of a time to explore yeah. for us. So I have a question for you, especially being in the coaching space. My mind is always on. I'm very aware of my own lingo, how I speak, how I think, and obviously aware of others. Now, here's my question. I continually see people who keep telling stories of the past and what's not working. And and then they wonder why nothing in their life changes. For example, I, I had a call with a gentleman recently who is remarried. And I think he's been in this new marriage for at least eight years. And he was still talking about his ex and the problems. And But I see this all the time. People, uh, one of my coaching clients, you know, he had been reeling in the past for 18 months of a former relationship. People are reeling in the past of, of the stories of their health or, you know, when they got fired or being victims, right? We're Because we're, we're giving our power yeah. away. So how can we help yeah. people break these patterns, tell a new story to get a new outcome? If the client's with me at the time, I'm quite abrupt. Yeah. You know, in terms of, I don't, I don't want to hear the story. No. So, so for me, in a one-to-one situation, it's much easier because I can keep going, no, that's not what I've asked. We've parked that. That's why I've learned to say we're sending it. No, we've parked it. I don't want to know that. That's not helpful. What's our objective here? And it's coming back to what's our objective. Hmm. Um, if if somebody listening is in that, then it's much harder because I don't know what language would help them park it. But I think, um, I don't know, the, 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 the example that comes to mind, and I don't know if it's precisely right, but is the beating ourselves up with a stick. Mm. So if somebody could say, yeah, actually, I keep beating myself up with a stick, that's the pattern. You know, I'm not looking forward because I'm just beating myself up about what I did in the past. And so I have done it numerous times where we go out into nature and we pick up those sticks. We're picking up sticks, imagining we're picking up sticks now to beat ourselves up in the future. And then we have to put them down. And... It, it, uh, it's just enlightening about, you know, we can be at the top of a hill where there are no sticks and people go, oh, but I need a stick to beat myself up with, don't I? So they've obviously got a, you're like a bag full of sticks. Yeah. So I had somebody the other week going, how big is that bag, that imaginary bag with sticks? And how long have you been picking up those sticks to beat yourself up in the future? So for me, that comes back to absurdity, really. It's getting really silly about how big is the bag you've got on your back that you're beating that you're using to beat yourself up with. So tomorrow you've got this stick, and and it, you know, which stick are you going to use? How many sticks have you got to choose? Oh, well, I've got ten sticks. And which stick are you going to use today? 
uh, oh. And it's just having a bit of fun. And then one person's got a, had a fire at home. So they actually got some sticks from the from the walk and then took mm. them home and put them in the fire. But it's doing whatever to yeah. really bring home the, I suppose, the stupidity yeah. that we can laugh at ourselves about, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I'm I'm picking up, I'm remembering things now in order to be able to, to actually have a go at myself in a week's time. Yeah. So it's the it's the there's there's a fine line between the absurdity of it, the stupidity of it, the silliness of it. Yeah. But that's that's what gets us out of the patterns. I think it's important to lighten up. And you know what? Here, yeah. Here's what came to mind. I wrote this phrase down because this is something that I've taught coaching clients, but it is when, when one, I'm similar to you, very abrupt. I'm like, well, how's that working for you? Right. Yeah. Tell a new story. <laughs> but this yeah. is what I offer them and what I'm offering listeners. If you catch yourself, because now you're being aware, you're observing. If you catch yourself, you can input. And this has been a pattern interrupt for me up until now. Nice. Up until yeah, now. Yeah. So yeah. that alone is a perspective shift. And now you're opening up that, that fork in the road into option up until now. Gorgeous. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So here's what I want to ask you, because I love the metaphors you use in nature, but you have an acronym landscape and I'd love for you to walk us through that. Um, yeah, basically it was, oh, well, I do landscaping your life is the t process, the, what I call the process I use using nature. And then I looked at all the tools that I use and went, oh, I'd like to use a land you know, an acronym. Oh, look, I can use landscape. How do I shoehorn everything I do into that acronym? And it was really quite easy. You know, it was like, oh, how, how exciting. So the first L stands for language and words. And I think that's because it is about observing the language you know, if we can't see the wood for the trees, if we're stuck in a rut, if we're going around in circles, stop. You know, don't don't go and explore the logic and the story. Let's stick with the metaphor. So language and words. You know, I had one client where they were looking for answers. And as soon as they start, and I can't remember what the verb was, but as soon as they started looking for solutions, they found them. So the language we use when we're stuck you know, if, if we could write it down, we could just go, oh, if I just change that word, if I just change that word, if I stop looking for answers and start looking for solutions, I look in a different direction. We've got a different relationship. Wow. Some people would have a different relationship to answers and solutions. One keeps them stuck. One opens up a whole load. So that's <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to pause you there. I want to take a time out because what you just said, I mean, like that alone, it was flashing neon lights. We're so focused on looking for answers instead of looking for solutions. That alone. Yeah, no, that's that was a huge one with the client in question. Yeah, love but, that. But then, so I've written a blog on that, but then it might be it's not about the looking. So it could be about discovering answers. So each individual listening may have a, it might be solutions, it might be opportunities, it might be answers, it might be options, it might be perspectives. It's finding the word yeah. that, because I, I say that our language sometimes keeps the doors in our mind closed to the solutions. And therefore, changing the words can open uh, like keys to the doors to finding the solutions. So if we use if we if we find that we're always using a particular phrase or a particular word, then, you know, 
let's explore that. Let's change it. Let's see what that changes. So that's why language and words are first, I think. Um, analogy and metaphor is the A in landscape. So that links really the fact that um, I don't tend to use analogies too much, but um, yeah, metaphor um, is absolutely what I'm searching for in people's language. Um, at the end, NLP and mindsets, it's just the fact that I do use NLP tools and techniques and certainly talk to people about mindset. Uh, the D is for drawing and collage. So I might, so if you're, you know, if anybody listening has got a problem they'd like some um, insight on, so the drawing of it would be, if it was a mountain, what sort of mountain would your problem be? You know, draw it. You know, how what's the, how how steep is it? What's the top like? Just, you know, very quickly draw the mountain that best represents the current problem. And then the solution is we'll just draw a different mountain. What 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 are the what's the antidote to that mountain? Oh, it needs paths. I've had people who haven't drawn a mountain without paths. They've I've had people draw a mountain and they realize it's a huge mountain and I'm trying to um go up it in flip-flops you know i've not got i've not prepared it with the right um resources or oh my god it needs a base camp and i haven't got any of that um oh uh, there was one where the, the mountain was so like the sides were so slippy that you could imagine that anybody trying to get up the mountain would just slip right down again because there was no cragginess no undulations that somebody could walk around so or and or it could be about drawing hill, you know, suddenly realize, no, actually, my I'm calling it a mountain, it's really a hill. Um, so I think it's about so the drawing and collage is about either using collage, you can make a collage, um, or a drawing. Uh, sometimes it could be pick a picture that represents the current problem and then cut things out of it and add other things. Um, because what we're just all we're doing is going current situation looks like this in our heads. And if we make changes metaphorically. Our brain will then go translate it back to the real life. We don't have to know what that means in real life. Logic doesn't have to know. It just goes, oh, I feel a bit different because you've drawn you've drawn some paths. Some Somebody on the when they did the, the mountain the other week hadn't drawn themselves on it. And they went, oh, 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 I just need to draw me. And then, oh, I understand how I relate to the mountain and how I get up the mountain. It's been it's as if they were seeing a mountain and then not even trying to do anything with it. Um, so that's a D. S is for stories and poems. So I write a lot of stories, a lot of poems. They're never about Fred in an office. They're always about, a, you know, a poppy or a seed or a stone circle. And what I'm using more and more at the moment is doing workshops around the poems I've written because they're they're all written with a self-development sort of perspective to them, really. And they work for me. So they're, they're all how I've been able to move myself from A to B. And therefore, other people get the same insight as I do from reading the poems. Cards, cards and games, you know, there's a transformation game I use. I use a lot of different card sets. 
But again, it's just a different way of tapping into our inner wisdom. So that's the C. Um, <laughs> the second A is absurdity and laughter, because I can't not do that. So, um, yeah, so if we're out for a walk, I might, you know, the picking up the sticks, you know, or the getting to the top of a hill and shouting, or I don't know. It's the absurdity of it in order for us to laugh at the behaviour that was in the past keeping us stuck. Um, P, I just had to be a bit more, oh, I've got landscape. What do I do with P? So that was just about patterns and programmes. So I suppose that was a bit more, um, I don't know. It's a bit more vague, but that is what we're looking at. We're looking for the patterns. We're looking for the programs. They're not necessarily the tools that I use. And then the final E, again, is more of a an outcome of using the tools, and that's um, empowerment and awareness. Um, but And to be fair, I suppose what do I think I do is help people become more aware and take personal responsibility rather than, as you said earlier, seeing themselves the victims and at the receipt of things happening to them. Yeah. Um, and it's more about observing where we have control. Well, and I know what it feels like. Like I, I have, you know, a lot of compassion and empathy for those feeling stuck, stuck in the mud. You said something about can't see the forest through the trees. And and so it is easier for us outside looking down and kind of piecing it together. I almost feel like I'm, um, that I'm like the organizer for people's lives. I don't, are you familiar with Marie Kondo? Oh, um, so- Yes the yeah. the japanese woman her yeah. her way of organizing but even that like her joy her whole thing in organizing is to create joy in your living space and i think for you what you're creating is helping people become architects of their life nice right i like that <laughs> so if we could come from a high level overview because i think what you've shared are some really good tools to help people get started but if they are feeling stuck if they are living in high stress if they do lack clarity how can they break the patterns shift their focus and clean slate i would say get out into nature there's there's a list on my website of sayings around stuck in a rut, can't see the wood for the trees, feel like a fish out of water, up a creek without a paddle. Um, and actually, they're all on my the series two of my podcast had all of those um, sayings. And what I would say is pick a saying that best reflects how you feel it. So I've got uphill struggle, stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, treading water so you name it but as soon as you found a saying that reflects how you're feeling go out into nature and and mirror that in nature because you will find a solution you will think differently when you come back from that walk okay here's what's coming to mind two are top of mind for me so you choose which one you want if somebody says i feel stuck in a rut because those or or no no no, i'm going to change it i want to break this cycle Break the cycle or feel kind of like um, hamster on a wheel? Break the cycle for me would be go out into a wood, walk in the cycle, walk in a circle that reflects your cycle that you feel that you're going around in and break it. And notice what you notice when you try and break from it. I, you know, somebody, I had somebody doing that the other week 
and um, they <laughs> they got so far. I said, "Where do you want to go?" Oh, oh, they knew where they wanted to go. I want to go down there. So they go down there, and then oh, I don't know, a hundred yards. Oh no, I might have made the wrong decision. I said, "But you know where you want to go." Yeah, but that way might be more exciting. So it, it's that breaking the cycle is is about the just exploring it in nature okay so walk down a different direction and notice what you notice because you it's as if you've rubbed out and loosened the attachment to your current circling mm. so if you want to turn a corner go and find a corner to turn in nature i mean that is just such a powerful um exercise yes um okay so here's what i want to ask you you shared with me a billboard message you would give to humanity do you remember what you told me about taking themselves take being themselves well you said to stop listening to the must the show oh, yeah yeah well yes it's the it, it's the must sorts and shoulds that stop us being us and I think humanity needs, you know, you don't go into a wood and start going, you know, expect cloned trees and, and get all upset when every tree is unique. And yet we look at humanity and think we've all got to be the same. It's that whole we've got to take, you know, humanity needs each of us in our unique selves, not yeah. with the oh, well, I can't be that excitable or I can't be that intuitive or I can't be that direct yeah. because, you know, some people do need us to be direct or excitable or whatever. And so I think it's just stopping, yeah, stopping listening to everybody else about and, and being us. Well, and for me, what, what that takes me back to is when I fell into the cog in the wheel mentality, go to school, get a degree, climb the corporate ladder. For me, it turned out the American dream was not my dream. And the reason I, now this is just me, the reason I felt so unhappy and unfulfilled is because I felt literally cramped, stuck in this, what I call a boring ass box. And my creative side, wanting to be free and, and think, literally think outside the box. So talk about mm -hmm. your metaphors and stuff you're doing. I had to step out of the known, the comfort zone, so that I could, like, quote, Tony Robbins would say this, unleash my authenticity. Cool. And, I, and I also think it's about noticing the beliefs we have about yeah. You know, so I have other people saying to me, oh, you can't do that in business. You can't do that in business. I go, yeah, well, I do do that in business. So I think there's a, yeah. but I absolutely have 100% confidence in it. So, yeah. I, so I think there's something about when we're, I think there's a difference between 99% confidence and 100% confidence. And I think it's about getting to the 100% confidence about, you know what, this is what, you know, this is what the world needs. The world needs me. Not me as a clone of the teacher that I was working with last month and the book I've read this month and, you know. Yeah. What I wrote down is don't let others' beliefs limit you. Nice. Okay, so here's what I want to ask you. What are some of your daily rituals or practices that help you stay forward-focused and um, creating that clarity in the next steps? Um, 
a bath every morning. I can't, I can't be doing with a shower. A shower is too quick for me, gets me far too excitable and too, so I really notice, so if I'm in a hotel for a few days, I really notice that I haven't had that slow start to the day. So it's a bath in the morning um, would be one of them. And yeah, I think, <coughs> and I think it's also, it shouldn't come as a surprise, but walking in nature. So I had um, a new knee a year ago, and I now realize how, I suppose, stuck I'd got because, because I wasn't able to get out into nature. Mm. Um, so now it's like today, I went for a walk. I, I, I'm extending the number of steps I'm doing every day, but it has to be in nature. It's like, there's a there's a route that I could go that was longer, but it's down streets and houses. And I keep making the the walk longer by by adding more nature in. <laughs> well, and for you, I think you are drawn to nature because it helps you create presence and it's your way of being mindful and intentional. Yeah, and I think it's all it's the it's a bit like I don't go swimming in the sea when it's gray. Um, and because it doesn't have to, I'm not going swimming to swim. I'm not going, I'm not going swimming for exercise. I'm going swimming to connect with nature. And therefore for me, it's the sun and the, oh my God, aren't you beautiful? And I'm not saying nature isn't beautiful when it's wet and gray, but I feel the cold more than, you know, it's just, I just can't override the, how cold it is. Whereas it, when it's sunny, I, it doesn't matter. There's ice on the ground. The the water's you know forty three, whatever, and I I don't feel it. Here's what I want to ask you: What is a key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation? Be mindful of your language. Uh, what's the saying? Your word is your your word is the wand. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the the, be mindful of your language, particularly when you're stuck. It's the what words are you using over and over again? Because they'll be the words. It's the words that are keeping you stuck. So change the words. Yes. All right. I have a few questions to ask you to wrap up the interview. Cool. What is a quote or motto that you live by? (laughs) Well, I'll have to go on the one that's in my um, um, on my desk. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined by Thoreau. Yes, I love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Oh, the one that I most often recommend is is, is uh, Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg. What's the takeaway from that? Um, celebrate small successes. So don't wait until, you know, you've done your... So, so I suppose in my um rehabilitation with my knee it's the celebrate every day because I've been able to do a little bit more today not wait until I've managed to get 15,000 steps or whatever and at the back of the book there's a hundred different ways to celebrate so it's really because because by celebrating our our minds then goes oh I like that I'll do more of it so it's the you know and starting small it's not trying big so yeah 
that's the one that I most often uh, recommend to people, I would say. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Be you. Be more Alison y. <laughs> yes. Alison, it's such a great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Great questions. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.